Is there censorship today of Christian and conservative content on Facebook, YouTube, Google, and other internet monopolies? Stay tuned. So we've actually had to have our lawyers send YouTube letters asking them to cease and desist censoring the videos. And when speech is no longer free, that's a problem for all of society, and people need to realize that. I think right now there's a solid case to be made that we're losing on this front, and until there's some competition, we're going to continue losing on this front. If somebody doesn't call them out on it, the Internet will no longer be a place for all views. These companies are working hard against the conservatives and Christians, who are the hope for the nation. Hello, I'm Frank Wright. Welcome to a special presentation from D. James Kennedy Ministries. Modern communications have changed dramatically in recent years. Thanks to technology, we have the world at our fingertips. And this is a great tool for the gospel. But there are gatekeepers in the online world, enormous and near-monopolistic tech companies that control the flow of information and that are now censoring Christian and conservative material. It is not discrimination from the government in this case. Instead, it comes from what are essentially media monopolies that control the Internet's public square. On this special program, we will expose the agenda of companies like Google and Facebook, and you will see how they are censoring Christians and conservatives, even the gospel itself. We begin by taking an inside look at Silicon Valley, the home of most of these Internet giants, which have accrued power rarely seen in human history, our own Dr. Jerry Newcomb has more. When you talk about Silicon Valley, you are talking about an industry with hundreds of billions of dollars flowing through it on a constant basis to build new tech, to reach minds and change minds. And the conservatives are, are behind, the, behind in the game. I have about 470,000 followers, and thanks to God, I was able to reach 5 million to even 8 million people a month on Facebook. After President Trump was elected, they said that they were going to crack down on fake news. They blocked 98% of the people I would normally reach. What Silicon Valley tech expert Stephen Andrew has experienced is happening all too frequently today. A lot of conservative and Christian communications get censored on these social platforms. The censorship has caused a blackout. People contact me and they say, where have you been? Well, essentially, these big tech companies are holding themselves out as being the, uh, uh, the new virtual public square. They are now acting in many ways as kind of the ticket takers uh, as to who can come in. If you got a liberal ticket, come on in. You got a conservative ticket, not so sure. Let's see what you've got to say. That's not free speech. And when speech is no longer free, that's a problem for all of society, and people need to realize that. Silicon Valley has become extremely powerful these days because the Internet is not only the future of communications, 
social media isn't isn't the future of communications, it's the presence of communications. There are a lot of older people who may not be using social media, but everybody who's under the age of 40 is, which is why we have this enormous audience, and it's disproportionately young. 70% of the people who listen to my conservative podcast, a very conservative podcast, are under the age of 35. So that's, that's a big number of young people who are aware of our content. Admittedly, the decision makers at America's big tech industry are liberal in their persuasion. I understand where that concern is coming from because Facebook and the tech industry are located in Silicon Valley, which is an extremely left-leaning place. I am I'm very committed to making sure that Facebook is a platform for all ideas. One of the ways this left-wing censorship of Christian and conservative content works is through algorithms, basically programming the computers to make such decisions. When algorithm determines how a computer thinks. It's basically a lot of if statements. And it says, if this happens, then do that. And there's hundreds of these, if not thousands of if statements in a computer program. And so basically, in layman's term, what that means is Facebook's algorithm, in my opinion, says if the person speaks up for traditional marriage or is a vocal conservative or somebody who supports President Trump, then flag them and show their data to less people. The tragedy is that the problem may well get worse in the near future. Because of this kind of censorship, Stephen Andrew, with his more than 20 years experience in high tech with Fortune 500 companies, is now working to start a Christian counterpart to Facebook, USA.life, and counterpart to Google, 1776.free. We must be able to speak freely as Christians. One of the subtle or not-so-subtle ways in which this social media censorship is done is by clamping down on so-called hate speech. And who gets to define what hate speech is? Well, groups like the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC. Google and Facebook and, Fa and, and YouTube, a lot of the social media companies will uncritically look at reports from supposedly neutral arbiters like the SPLC or like Media Matters or like PolitiFact uh, and, and all of which lean left at the very least. And then they'll say, well, you know, if the SPLC says it's a hate group, that must mean it's a hate group. Say, well, who made the, who died and made the SPLC God? Like how, how exactly did that work? How does the SPLC, which has promoted untruth on a variety of topics, suddenly become the great arbiter of what constitutes hateful speech? Everybody who disagrees with the hard left position according to the SPLC is borderline a hate group. Critics note that one of the great things lacking in this whole issue of internet censorship of conservative speech is transparency. How are these decisions made and by whom? Many people, like even myself, have lived in fear of what do you type onto Facebook so you won't get censored. And the big problem here is that they're not transparent about how they enforce the rules. So it'd be one thing if they said, look, here are the rules and everybody has to abide by them. I'll explain to you why your video did not abide by the rules. It's not that. They will preemptively demonetize videos that have nothing wrong with them. There's no question that on YouTube, the social issues are the hot button. Everything from race to abortion to same-sex marriage to transgenderism. If you violate the left standards of political correctness here, then there's a good shot they're going to demonetize you. They'll find that you run afoul of their community standards. If you take a socially unapproved stance on, on one of these issues, there's a good shot that YouTube will, will demonetize you or Facebook will crack down on you. Until now, the internet has been a noteworthy bastion of free speech, some of it good and some of it bad. But as you have just seen, giant internet tech companies run by far-left progressives 
who are hostile to Christianity increasingly control the flow of information and are using that control to discriminate specifically against Christians and conservatives. Recently, columnist and radio host Dennis Prager decided to fight back. In 1966, Time magazine ran a cover story asking, Is God Dead? The cover reflected the fact that many people had accepted the cultural narrative that God is obsolete. This is the start of one of hundreds of internet videos comprising what is known as Prager University. This one is on God and science. I'm Eric Metaxas for Prager University. Prager University, which I founded, is uh, a producer of of, of five-minute videos on many, many subjects, everything outside of the natural sciences and math, let's say. And it's it's an attempt to use some of the finest minds we have. They give five-minute courses. It's to undo the damage of the university. That's essentially what it is. And it's become so big. We had 600 million views last year. Not 60 million, 600 million views all over the world. And 65% are under 35 years of age. So far, so good. Prager University videos are widely seen on YouTube, the parent company of which is Google. But lately, some PragerU videos have begun to be censored by YouTube. They took 40 of our courses, and they do this regularly, they put them on their restricted list, which means it cannot be seen in a library, cannot be seen in any home with filters against pornography, think about that, and cannot be seen in any school. That's a, that's a big chunk, and they're demonetized. No ads can appear, so we get no money. And all of our stuff is free. We need, obviously, to raise money. And it's clear it's all ideological. I mean, you know, a film, a film, a video on why did America fight in Korea is not exactly pornographic. Here in Silicon Valley, the left-leaning gatekeepers of the tech industry and of the internet monopolies consider Christian and conservative views worthy of censorship. Why is this so dangerous? The fact is that for those under 40, often the internet is virtually the main means of communication and of commerce. In 2017, conservative radio host Dennis Prager sued YouTube and its parent company Google for censoring his Prager University videos. The internet is in danger because of Google YouTube. It is in danger of becoming what the universities have become, which is closed-minded completely. I don't think the ultimate aim is to kill us. It it, it is to get rid of us ideologically. Unfortunately, a lawsuit by Dennis Prager and Prager University was thrown out by the often overruled and ultra-liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. While PragerU is appealing that decision, it shows us why it's even more important for you and I to be vigilant on this issue. Freedom lost is rarely regained, and there is a concerted effort to take away your freedom as a Christian on the Internet. 
perhaps the largest gatekeeper of information in the history of the world, recently fired an employee for simply expressing traditional views on sex and gender. The fact is, denizens of a far-left echo chamber control the information you access on the Internet. Our own John Rabe has more. Well, essentially, these big tech companies are holding themselves out as being the, uh, uh, the new virtual public square. Suddenly now you have these very powerful corporations, which tend to be politically liberal and secular, and they have incredible power. YouTube, Amazon, Google, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, on and on and on, they have incredible power. I mean, when Silicon Valley controls content and controls the standards, it's going to be even unconsciously biased to the left. A case in point of the liberal bias of the gatekeepers of social media involves a former employee of Google, James Damore. A brilliant young man who studied at MIT and Harvard, Google sought him for employment. All went well until he wrote a heartfelt memo in early August 2017 to try to increase the number of women engineers at the company. Women comprise only about one-fifth of the engineering staff at Google, which is the single largest entity controlling information in the world. The memo was called Google's Ideological Echo Chamber, How Bias Clouds Our Thinking About Diversity and Inclusion. So he put out this memo that's pretty well established. He talked about things they could do to fix some of the problems with getting women into tech, such as making tech centers more socially friendly, because a lot of women don't like to go into tech. It means sitting in cubicles and not interacting with people, and women like to interact with people more in social environments. Despite Demore's attempt to open the way for more female engineers in the male-dominated company, the memo was politically incorrect because it suggested real biological and psychological differences between men and women. He was immediately excoriated by his own peers. They said this was, this was offensive to people and discriminatory. The reaction of the Googlers, what employees at Google call themselves, was swift and harsh. He was called repulsive and intellectually dishonest. One female Googler wrote, We have zero tolerance for intolerance and threatened to quit the company if Demore weren't fired by the end of the month. A male Googler promised to keep hounding Demore until one of them were fired. Within days of writing his internal memo to try and increase the level of female participation in the company, James Demore was hounded out of Google. And how are you feeling right now? I'm definitely hurt. I, I love Google, and I've always been a fan of Google even before I joined. It has been reported that employees were awarded peer bonuses for publicly disparaging Demore's views. Ironically, one of the statements in Demore's now infamous memo is this. When it comes to diversity and inclusion, Google's left bias has created a politically correct monoculture that maintains its hold by shaming dissenters into silence. Seeing no other recourse, James Damore decided to sue Google for unlawful termination of his job. Uh, you've alleged that there's actually some illegal activity going on at Google um, because yeah, that's why presumably they should be in trouble for firing you. Did anyone at Google before firing you bother to respond to any of the points that you made? No, they, they haven't really given any details. They've just, the entire time, either just called me names, shamed me, or just made 
broad generalization saying that what I was saying was pseudoscience. He sued them for discrimination on the basis of politics. And there are a bunch of documents that have come out from Google that demonstrate pretty clearly that Google has a very left-leaning sense of what is appropriate and what is not. James is a, a very taciturn fellow. He's not really loquacious. Uh, he, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's out there looking for a headline. And he's, he's a pretty quiet dude who I think just wanted to go about doing his job. And he had a certain political point of view that is largely based in, in social science research that is well established. Uh, and he was treated as, as a pariah in the tech industry, which is not a shock. The founders of our great nation said, okay, power is dangerous. Uh, we don't want monopolies. We, we want the people to have choices because we believe in the free marketplace of ideas. And we do believe that if we have a moral and religious populace, they will eventually choose right. And they don't have to have things chosen for them. So today, the people, that's us, have to fight for the right to have freedom, to have freedom to post our stuff on the web, to have freedom to speak in the marketplace. And that's the history of the left. I mean, they, they gravitate to try to cut off any competition. Capitalism is, is good. I mean, look, it, it, it allows the free flow of ideas and people are going to be creative and they're going to find ways to get the content out there. But they are wanting to use, in many, many, many ways, they will use the government to suppress it, or they will try to limit the access. They don't want a free exchange of ideas. When you begin to look at the size and the scope, uh, whether it's the YouTubes, the Apples, the Facebooks, it's kind of unbelievable the amount of money and technology that they have. And we all carry the phones. I mean, most people either have Apple or Google in their pocket. and we're dealing with these monstrous companies that wield such influence. My hope would be that the government would step forward and say, wait a minute, you need to start playing by the rules. That if everybody else has to play by the rules, you have to play by the rules. The new media gatekeepers like Google and Facebook hold virtual monopolies on the internet and they have an ideological bias that comes to bear against Christian and conservative viewpoints, drastically affecting the information that you, your children, and grandchildren are able to get. And there can be eternal implications to all of this. Consider what happened to a Christian video producer, David Kyle Foster, who offers Jesus as the solution to sexual brokenness, including homosexuality. The new gatekeepers have been working overtime to shut him down. Dr. Jerry Newcomb has more. Shut up. You know how to be nice, Bonnie. You know how to be real nice. Well, hey, why don't you connect with this? I was starring in movies in Hollywood. I was, I was on the set uh, with all the big wigs from NBC and New York all around me telling me I was this great, wonderful actor, the next James Dean. And then I'd leave the set and I'd go prostitute on the streets. I ended up as a male prostitute and probably had over a thousand partners before the Lord saved me. About 40 years ago, David Kyle Foster was working these streets of Hollywood, California as a male prostitute until Jesus Christ changed him and saved his soul. Today, he makes compassionate, high-quality videos helping people to realize that Jesus Christ is the solution to sexual brokenness. 
The problem is that many of these videos are being censored by the gatekeepers of social media. Since homosexual confusion develops from emotional and or physical trauma or neglect, healing and deliverance play a huge role in the transformation process. David has interviewed hundreds of former homosexuals and lesbians and people struggling with all sorts of sexual issues who found help through the gospel of Jesus. Up until recently, these powerful, sensitive videos were available on Vimeo, which fashions itself as a high-quality version of YouTube. We were on Vimeo on a professional level for nine years with our television videos, 850 of them in 12 languages. And we'd spent tens of thousands of dollars establishing ourselves there and promoting it. And then I get an email uh, from Vimeo saying, uh, you're a hate group and you're demeaning towards homosexuals and uh, uh, you're going to have to take, uh, and they gave me three of our videos, you're going to have to take these down or we're going to remove you from Vimeo. The irony of this is how respectful those videos are to homosexuals or anyone struggling with sexual sin. And there's the rub, to call it sin. They don't like the uh, public to know that homosexuality is caused by brokenness. They want the public to believe it's natural and normal and healthy. But if you look at the statistics, and I'm talking about secular statistics from CDC, APA, medical associations, uh, they all show great brokenness among the homosexual population and the transgender population. Very high suicide rates, very high domestic violence rates, substance abuse rates. There is clearly massive brokenness in that population. Tragically, the suppression of David Kyle Foster's videos of hope and redemption through Christ is just one example of many of Christian and conservative content being censored in our day. It would appear that those making the decisions are more interested in being politically correct than in being factually correct. And I emailed them back and I said, well, why don't you object to the idea that heterosexuals have brokenness? You know, why are you, <laughs> why are you just singling out the homosexual population as the victims? And, um, and they just ignored me after that and took down our videos. One of the things that Vimeo said to me was, we object to the idea that the blood of Jesus Christ can bring healing to the homosexual. So this is really a, an attack against the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Bible itself. And if we don't do something about this first stage of attack against the homosexuals, we're not going to have any defense when they start attacking the churches and saying, if you say that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, we're going to take your videos down too. That's the next step. The threat to free speech posed by new media gatekeepers may be something new to you. For its first two decades, the internet has been a place where Christian and conservative voices could go outside the traditional mainstream media and speak directly to individuals. But now there is a new breed of anti-Christian, anti-conservative censors who are working to silence any content they deem to be politically incorrect. And they have the monopolistic power to do so. 
You need to know more about this serious problem, the impact it will have on you personally, and what we can do to counter it. We have put together an expanded DVD version of today's program, including content not included in this broadcast. You will find additional commentary from Dennis Prager, Ben Shapiro, pro-life activist Lila Rose of Live Action, and many, many more. This compelling DVD, Censoring the Truth, Facebook, Google, and the New Media Gatekeepers, is something you will want to watch and share with others. We want to send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or you can go online to djkm.org. As you have just seen, these tech giant gatekeepers are closing the doors on conservative and Christian speech, and the gospel itself is being silenced. This is a matter of the free proclamation of the gospel on what is now the chief mode of communication and interaction in our world for people under age 50. If we don't understand the issues at stake, and what we can do about them, and if we fail to get the word out, Christian and conservative voices will be frozen out of the public arena. As our thanks for your generous donation, you will receive this DVD program, Censoring the Truth, including bonus content not included on today's broadcast. As you do, you will also be helping us to sound the alarm on this important issue and many others on our nationwide broadcast platform. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or you can go online to djkm.org. YouTube dominates, Vimeo dominates, Facebook dominates. We now have the Silicon Valley way more powerful than television ever used to be with zero regulation. They are doing what is right in their own eyes with no accountability and no absolute standard. You know, with Facebook, with YouTube, it's become the virtual public square. The problem is, it's not free. If we leave it alone, even the gospel will be banned from being spoken of on these social media platforms. And so our job as Christians is to go out there on fire for Him, speaking the truth boldly. If we don't get this problem solved about the censorship, we could lose our freedoms. When Mark Zuckerberg testified before the Senate and said that Facebook was a platform for all ideas, it would be great to be able to take him at his word. But as we have seen, it would be more accurate to say that Facebook, and we could add Google, Twitter, YouTube, is a platform for all 
politically correct ideas. But Christianity is not politically correct, and it never will be. For the sake of our children, our grandchildren, and those yet unreached by the gospel, this internet censorship by high-tech gatekeepers must stop. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this special program. May God bless you and may God bless America. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.